0: Hello friends, welcome to Monday's Kings of Anglia podcast, it's transfer deadline day, it's all very exciting, town obviously only drew it the weekend, we'll come to that later, but first of all, as I say, the window is slamming shut at 11 o'clock tonight, we were set to record this earlier today, but Hutchie, he say no, there's too much happening, let's wait, because things are afoot, and I'm pleased we did, because things have afooted. (laughs) I am your host, Mark Heath, and with me, the whole damn gang um Andy Hutch Warren Hutch Hogan how are you Andy
1: solid thank you very Feels- very very solid the fact our websites have been down all day have uh hasn't stressed me out at all not in, the, <laughs> not, not in the slightest so I'm so I'm all right I've got some sweets that help me out with some stuff like that at the moment so all is uh all is good Hutchie's
0: special sweets <laughs> yep yeah um we should explain uh typically and grimly predictably on transfer deadline day it seems to happen every transfer deadline day we had stories lined up to go which we're about to talk about uh and then the website crashed um and didn't work so unfortunately those stories were greatly delayed um leading to much demoralization in sports team and Stu, as a result is uh, is now walking around with his hood up and hutchies had a fresh print style haircut as a protest so uh there you go your partner in crime hutch hogan is the doctor Stuart watson What uh, Whato, stewie how are you i'm all right yeah
2: it's a bit soul destroying when our, our tech lets us down on on days like this we had it when uh when hearst was sacked as well it seems to know
0: that was the worst day if you remember we had hearst leaving lambert being appointed all on the same day we had everything done we'd even film videos we'd had behind the scenes <laughs> stuff uh and then the web just went and by the time we actually finally got something online. I think most of the free world knew about Hurst and Lambert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was it was demoralising. Always seems to happen though on these big days. But anyway, we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll press on. And the final cog in the kings of Anglia machine, rubbing his eyes and chewing. I think those are Vimto style sweets. What are they, Rossi? Starburst. Starburst, also known as Opal Fruits. That will mean nothing to you because you're far they too young. A- they are absolutely known as Opal Fruits. That's, <laughs> you...
1: that, that's what they are.
0: Are you familiar with the term Opal Fruits, Roscoe? Yeah, my
3: mum tells me all the time. <laughs> In my face.
0: <laughs> you won't remember. We're not going to Snickers and Marathon Bars. We won't bring that up. Rossi, are you tired? Because I understand it was the 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 Royal Rumble last night, and I bet you stayed up to watch it because you're into wrestling.
3: Yeah, I did. That's the only time, Like I haven't watched wrestling as much as I used to. Like, I loved it as a kid. Now I don't watch it as much. But the Royal Rumble... A few of my mates and us, um, we always stay up and watch it, even if we don't know whoever's wrestling in the ring. We go, we don't know who that guy is, we don't know who that guy is. And then there's always a surprise, but
0: yeah. Spoiler yeah. alert, spoiler alert, who won? Was it Was it? Um, Giant Haystacks? Who?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I bet he liked Opal Fruits.
0: I bet he did, yeah. Uh, who, who did win, Roscoe? Oh, I forgot already. What? Uh, Mem- Edge.
3: Edge.
0: Edge. Yeah, edge is about, Ed. isn't edge about 55 now
3: it's about that yeah he's getting on now
0: he appears in vikings uh the actor adam copeland anyway i digress <laughs> i thought um as a way of starting this kicking us off um and with it being royal rumble day i'd run our names through wrestling name generator to get us going now obviously hutchie you've already got a wrestling name you are hutch hogan but according to the wrestling name generator you should also be known as the electric warrior I'm Which... much
1: more into that. Yes, please.
0: <laughs> Given your 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 penchant for niche websites, Electric Warrior seems quite fitting. Stew, this is possibly my favourite. Your flying funk, <laughs> <laughs> nice. off off the top Off the top rope, flying funk there. Um, and Roscoe, me and you could form a, a disaster themed tag team because you're you're nature hurricane, Ooh. and I. I, while the wonderfully, am fat with a PH. Fat earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, boys. A little bit of nonsense to get started. Let's get into the really serious stuff. It's sexy stuff time. It's transfer deadline day. Town are actually doing things on a deadline day for the first time in a long time. So let's get into it. First of all, Inns. We're expecting them to sign a striker. They have done. Previously, Will Swan, the young lad from Nottingham Forest, was linked. But now they've only gone to bloody sign the next Harry Kane from Spurs. <laughs> Troy, sick as a parrot, is in the building. Um, Hutchie, Stewie, who wants to start? Tell me all about Troy Parrot and why we should be very excited.
1: Just animal names, isn't it? Animal strikers, swans, parrots. (laughs) That's the theme, yeah. Can't think of any more. Um, Yeah, Troy Parrot, on loan, 18 years old, from Tottenham. Spent the first half of the season at Millwall. Um, Before we go into him in any great depth, we obviously knew that uh, kind of a young striker was, was the, the calling due to the salary cap issues. And if you're going to go and get a, a young striker from a Premier League or Championship Club, I th- however this one ends out, I think you're doing quite well to get a full Republic of Ireland international. Um, to uh, If that is your brief, to go and sign a, a kid from an under-23s team or something like that, you, you, they've done quite well to get this level of one, I, I would say, regardless
0: of how it plays out mm. from here. His resume is impressive, isn't it? As you say, he's already played twice for the senior Republic of Ireland side under the ghost of Christmas past, Mick McCarthy. He looks like he scores goals for funs for fun at, at youth level. Um, I watched his highlight tape when the website was down this afternoon, uh, and obviously he looks great as you'd expect on highlights. But he finishes with both feet. He looks fast. There's a variety of finishes on there. One on ones with the keeper. Nice little dink finishes as well. Um, he looks he looks very exciting, Stewie.
2: Yeah, I think he falls into the bracket of one of these Lot of hype at a young age and is maybe just trying to navigate his way through that. If you read all of the quotes about him, um, there was a big clamour for for um, for Jose Mourinho to, to play him more in the first team around, I think it was March last year. Um, Mourinho said he needs to... Uh, basically stop thinking he's too good to play for the 23s and um you know he'd seen he's seen that before with players you need, you know once you get a taste in the first team you, you need to kind of go through the process of dr- dipping back into the 23s and making sure you're on top of it so um yeah he's been dubbed the next harry kane inevitably when you're a young player coming through at tottenham and scoring goals for the youth um Made his debut for Ireland at 17, gets dubbed the next Robbie Keane there. Um, he clearly has got got talent. Um, we can see that from from the clips we've seen and what from what people have said. Um, spoiler alert, he's had some injuries. Um, he's uh, he, he went to Millwall, apparently was looking very good in, in pre-season. Um, gets a quad strain. That puts him back a little bit. Finally makes his debut. Um, September, October time, I think it was. Then he does his ankle ligaments on debut for Millwall. So it, his loan spell there never really got going till November. And by that point, Millwall's form had started to dip. And uh, I think Gary Rowett started turning to a few of his more, more senior strikers, people like Matt Smith, Budvarsson, Um So he, he's kind of been in and out over the last few weeks and Tottenham have obviously decided um, it's in their interest to to bring him back and, and send him out to Ipswich, where they'll be hoping and he'll be hoping and will be hoping that, that he plays regularly and, and scores regularly and, and really kind of announces himself on the scene.
0: Mm. Watching the highlight tape, uh, as you say, one it had like a strength and weaknesses section. And in weaknesses, it said fitness and stamina, which immediately was like, oh OK, can we clear something up as well? On soccer base, he's lifted as five foot seven and yeah on wikipedia he's 6 foot 1 which is correct
1: is he I think a- you just have to, he's he's closer to 6 foot 1 than 5 foot 7 isn't he, I, is he? i'm not going i'm not going to sit here and claim to know exactly how tall he is we'll, we'll get the tape we'll get the tape measure out of the weekend yeah. but he's you could tell by watching those videos that he's he's closer to 6 foot 1 than he is 5 foot 7 yeah the inter- the internet doesn't always tell you the truth does it david david cornell was supposedly 5 foot 9 when they when they signed him, and that isn't that isn't true either. Don't trust
0: the interweb. That's that's the message for this pod. Um, so, what kind of striker is he then, boys? Obviously, Town are in this four three three four five one formation, which they uh, appear wedded to. Is he someone who can play up front on his own? We've heard he's better in a
1: two, haven't we, Stu?
0: Oh, good.
2: Had a few conversations with <laughs> people that that have worked with him or, or know him that that was the feedback. They think he's better in a, in a two to me. um, The kind of, you talked about the weaknesses there, the weaknesses would be his, his work rate needs to improve. And that probably fits in with the kind of too much, too soon. Maybe, uh, you know, he's, he's lost that little part of his game in his interview that he's given to the club. He said, he's come here to work hard. So, Maybe something as the penny has dropped a little bit there. Gary Raoul was talking about, you know, I've had a word with him, and he now knows what he needs to do to get games and things like that. So, so maybe this experience at Millwall was kind of brought that home to him. But in terms of his his ability, he looks like a player that can do a, a bit of everything. The cane comparisons are there because he can he can drop deep, he can he can have assists, he can have through balls. It looks like he can he can run the channels bring others into play and and he's got goals in him as well. He was prolific for their under 18s at a very young age, went to Tottenham at 16, uh, scored loads for their under 18 straight away, got sort of fast tracked into their 23s, had a couple of appearances in the, in the, uh, in the trophy for them. Um, I think they, he may have gone out on loan last year in the January window, but there, there was a rule there that because Tottenham had signed him at 16 from, from the, Irish Youth Club that he was at, Belvedere, you have to have them sort of continuously on your books for two years, Um, one of these sort of red tape scenarios. So that's why a loan hadn't happened earlier. But um, there's clearly a lot of hype around this young man. And um, as Andy says, in terms of the market that Ipswich are shopping in at the moment, this is probably about as as good as it gets in terms of uh, someone who falls under the salary cap and the type of experience they've got.
0: Mm, certainly seems to be top end. Rossi, what do you make of, of Troy Parrott? Exciting signing for you? Yeah, I did the same.
2: Looked at his
3: highlight reel. Looks, looks all right. Um, only thing I knew of him before watching um, his stuff, of course, he missed that penalty against Norwich, didn't he, in the FA Cup for, for Spurs. Uh, when I heard the name, I thought, one he's the, the young lad who missed that penalty. But yeah, you know, 18, you know... Do we want to rely rely on him for goals? Like some people go, why not? You know, use our own young players.
1: Hmm.
3: A bit different to that. I I have a feeling that okay, yeah, Tyree Simpson, and all these other guys, but this guy's coming from Spurs. No offense to our youth academy, but we're actually sound Spurs. Spurs have hmm. developed some very good players, so it's a different level of striker. And you know, people go, oh, he hasn't scored any career goals. He's not played that much, but. You know, he's got a lot of hype. Sometimes you don't want to get too carried away. But I think, you know, it's a promising sign and it's a different loan to what we're used to, um, which is, you know, a bit exciting. So I get why people are moaning and why we use our own youth players. But
0: sometimes, you know, it is what it is. And that is what it is, one of Ross's (laughs) favourite phrases. (laughs) But yeah, as you say, he is, is, uh, with all due respect to the the kind of young lads at town striker-wise, he is a senior international striker. Um, so, yes, yeah, certainly uh, an exciting prospect.
2: We'll probably come on to the debate about lone players blocking the progress of, of your own in a minute when we talk about Lancaster. But um, in we this will. case, in this case, Ipswich were short of strikers. This is low risk. It, it could be great. It might not work, but they needed another striker. And, you know, he, he is going to be a calibre above with the greatest respect where Tyree Simpson Mm. Who only, only really started coming into the professional game fairly recently as a young man, and and the likes of Zach Brown and others are at. This is, um, this is a man with two international caps to his name and played the first half of the season in the Championship. So, um, got absolutely no problems on that score with this one.
0: I'm also pleased to see his rocking a Heath look from the mid 90s, the shaved eyebrow, bringing that back. Um, so, clearly, he, he means business. Boys, it's now 10 to 5 on Monday. Um, so there's still a few hours left in, in the window, um, in terms of ins in this window, Josh Harrop, uh, obviously then sidelined by COVID, Luke Thomas, and now Troy Parrott. Are we expecting any more ins in this window for town? Hutchie? Famous last words.
1: Um, <clears throat> but I, I'd be very surprised, um, I'd be very surprised if there were. I imagine most people will probably be listening to this after the window, window has closed. So <clears> we might start to look a little bit silly. But from what we're hearing, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any other significant ins for
0: Ipswich today. Mm. And with that being the case then, Stewie, the uh, aforementioned Harrop, Thomas and now Parrot, how do we assess that, that business for town in, in January?
2: At risk of sitting on the fence, time will tell. We still haven't seen Harre play yet. There's some fitness injury question marks hanging over him. You know, obviously, no one knew that the COVID was going to hit him days after signing, but he's now probably done not a lot for ten days, so that's kind of pushed his progress back a little bit further. How long before he gets up to speed? Looking forward to seeing what what he can bring. Um, Thomas started well, was a bit quiet in that game. So again, time will tell if he's a a significant upgrade on others, and it will be the same with Parrot as well. But they weren't creating or scoring enough goals. They've tried to to add something um, this month um, with those three players. So um,
0: we shall see. We shall see. Right then, boys, let's move on to outs. Then one of the stories that you had teed up before the, the website said no. Was something of a surprise. We we knew that youngsters were being offered for loan. Um obviously Idris went to Grimsby. There's also mention of Armando Mando Dobra potentially going out on loan. But then the one that really came out of left field, certainly for me, when you told me about it, was, was Jack Lancaster, potentially on his way to Salford. Um your thoughts, Stewie?
2: Yeah, as as we sit here now, as you say, just approaching five PM. The situation when we first heard about this mid morning was that Salford are understood to be interested, but there certainly hadn't been a formal approach by that point. Speaking to people at Ipswich, I think uh, if the right loan club came along, and I would certainly put Salford in that bracket as a sort of um, ambitious League Two club on the cusp of the playoffs, then um, they would let that happen. So we'll see if it transpires. Uh, I know there'll be this will split people. Uh, some will say, you know, why are we playing lone players ahead of our own at the moment. What I would say to that is that, you know, we've we've all got high hopes for Jack Lancaster, but he's missed a good 18 months, two years of his career now with with those back injuries. Um, He's been in and out of the side so far this season, and I don't think he's looked like the player of old, perhaps understandably. Um, Maybe a little spell away just to get some some game time and get his uh, confidence and, and fitness and everything up again. Might, might not be the worst thing here. Um, Richie Wellens had a great deal of success at Swindon last year, and that was a based around a, a 4-3-3 with, with the wingers chipping in um, with plenty of goals. So, um
0: could be a good move for Jack, this one. What do you make of it, Pachi? Lancaster?
1: I think if he's, if he's not going to play here, um, which, rightly or wrongly, it doesn't look like he is... Um, but he was on the bench at the weekend, but didn't get on. There's still Keenan Bennett to add into that mix. Um, I think that other aside from that, similar to what Sue said, he's he's missed two years of his career. Um, if you could pick a lone club, Salford would probably probably be right up there in in terms of League Two. You'd think I'd like to think that he'd be a a, re- a really good League Two football player. As Sue said, Richie Wellens at Swindon. a front three of of Owen Doyle Kessie Anderson Jerry Yates all were involved all scoring goals Um, should be good to him good for him on paper Um, Mm -hmm. I'm a bit surprised he's not he's not played more than he he has but you know if he he isn't going to play which he doesn't look like he is then go and play because you've missed you've missed so much football over the last two years he just needs to play games now because he's into his early 20s so uh, not a teenager anymore.
0: Needs needs to go and play. Mm. We'll return to the, the loan um, blocking chat after we've done done the outs, because I think that's worth having. Um, another one to mention, potential out, Hutchie. Brett McGavin to Air United, the Scottish side, which honed Aaron Drynan's clinical scoring abilities. We'll come on to that in due course. Don't you worry, friends. Um, McGavin to Air Hutchie, where he'll, he'll join Corey and Darba, potentially. Corey's apparently playing superb football for Air.
1: Yeah, uh, a well trodden path now, isn't it? Go yeah. to, go to air, come back, be the king, the king of Portman Road mm-hmm. or Gresty Road, uh, whichever. Um, makes sense for him to play as well, doesn't it? He's he he came in and, and proved that he could handle League One football during that brief spell November December time. But he's he's well down the pecking order now with Hughes and and Nolan back in, and even Harrop judged becoming more of a, a central option. Um, so yeah he needs to go and play as, as well they're are of an age now where under twenty three football is is no it's no good for you um mm. go go and play men's football and he can go and he can go and hang out with Cory they'll be, they'll, uh, they'll have a great time i'm sure
0: where are we with that one you, you obviously um Siri said that with uh, lancaster there's no been no official approach we sit here at five o'clock, but is that further along with gavin to air or it sounds like that once that
1: one's that one's as good as done. I think the air the air manager has been quoted in the newspaper up there about him. Says some nice things. So uh yeah, if it sounds
0: like that one is uh closer. Okay. Roscoe, any thoughts on uh on those two youngsters potentially leaving? Lancaster and Brett McGavin. Just
3: like what Hutch said about Lancaster about, you know, I thought it was gonna play a bit more this season, but I'm sure just other things have come into play. Um, as such, I said, Wellens, Richard Wellens, he's like a, a good manager who plays some good football. They score a lot of goals, his sides. You know, League Two, good step for him. You know, we've had Downs, we've had Wolford and gone to League Two, playing week in, week out. Hopefully he does that. He's, you know, had them injuries, hasn't he? That back injury for the last two years, he's struggled. And then, yeah, Brett can basically just help out Corey in terms of... Uh, at least knowing someone else up there, I'm sure Air is uh, not much to do up there. Definitely in current situations. So it's probably just a nice roommate for Corey to to have. And yeah, I don't know why our connection with Air is started, but good on them. There's a, there's a connection
2: there. I think Gerard Nash knows uh, their manager up there quite well, which is where I think this relationship has, has started. so um yeah, they're becoming they're becoming a little bit of the Scottish feeder club, aren't they? For Ipswich now,
0: <laughs> I like it. Um, Siri, should we have that conversation now? Then, being as the other the other potential outs are senior players, um, you alluded to it a little bit earlier the, a debate around whether or not the likes of Jack Lancaster and you know even people like Brett McGavin and Armando Dobra and El Mazzuni they should maybe be playing for Town and not having their path blocked by other loanies coming in. Where, where do you stand on that?
2: Um, you, you've outlined two really good examples there of if you get these deals right then then it's far better as we hear every manager Paul Lambert's same as Mick McCarthy before that 23's football is a bit of a waste of time for them, they get beyond that quite quickly uh, nothing replicates playing senior football against hairy centre backs where three points are on the line and normally fans are, are in your ear obviously not at the moment so Downs and Wolfenden went away and did it and came back a lot better for it. Um, it's just then you're, you're having a debate almost player for player. Is Corey, is Mark McGuinness that much better than Corey and Darber? Is Keenan Bennett or Luke Thomas that much better than Jack Lancaster? I think the Jack one's a little bit different. He He's probably the most advanced and we've seen him come in and do quite well in the Championship, but the injuries... Kind of cloud that one a little bit. I think now Ipswich need sort of players that are that can hopefully do it right here and now. And um, I think Jack just needs a little bit of time to kind of build himself back up again, possibly. Mm. Um, but it's I, I can absolutely get the people that are quite sort of angry about this. That you know, Paul's almost going against his word. You know, one of the first things he said when he came in was, "We need to get away from loans." With the, I'm not going to have people blocking our own players' progress again and and yet here we are um what are we now two two years down the line where they've got five lone players in the building and um and that is that is actually happening so mm. in in
1: paul's defense. In Paul's defence there, it's not a great look, is it, looking at that old quote, but the salary cap has changed an awful lot in that mm. conversation, hasn't it, in terms of in terms of loans and a squad that was built essentially pre-salary cap needing to be augmented with, with loans. Um, I'm sure he probably would still say that you shouldn't have this many loans, but the, 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 or today, anyway, the salary cap has forced that. The McGuinness one, obviously... We've, we've talked about that well down the road, whether that should have happened over in Darba. I'm still not convinced by that. Um, Bennett's, we've seen flashes, but not enough necessarily to put in ahead of Lancaster. This, you can debate all of them, can't you? But mm. it all adds up still to Ipswich being 11th in League One, which which is still quite miserable. It makes me miserable.
0: It's definitely miserable. Is it important, Stu, that the men they play against on the, in, in these loans have hairy arses? You're very keen to point that out. But yeah in, in the days of the modern football, there's probably quite a lot of waxing that goes on. So that's a good point. Yeah. Not in, no. not in
1: League Two. You're not <laughs> waxing you're not waxing in League Two. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I hope that somebody is employed, for example, to kind of um do a bit of research on that, kind of maybe go through go through the squads. <laughs> okay. Uh, in League Two, have a little have a little look at sort of um <laughs> sort of how hairy some of the yeah. players are so we need in that a, division. a
0: sliding scale, isn't it, of, uh, yeah. arse, of arse hair. That's what we need. Surely Sol- Scottish Salford's second next, division.
2: Yeah, Scottish <laughs> second division. That's guaranteed. Um,
0: yeah. A lot of hairy arses up in Scotland. Yes.
2: Excellent. Salford They're- may be different. They look at the next three. Right, who have they got? Let's have a look <laughs> at their squad. Get up a picture of their center halves. Have they got a beard? Yes. Does that mean they'll have a hairy arse? Probably.
0: Yeah. Right, Excellent. send him out. Yeah, that's the kind of analysis you can't get elsewhere. And that's what we bring you on Kings of Anglia. Um, other out-touchy, I mentioned senior players, Topo in Seattle, um, being linked as well. Brings up to speed on that.
1: Yeah, I think that, that's taken a few people by surprise, maybe, that one. Um, interest in Toto from Fleetwood and and Doncaster, two League One clubs. Um I think there's a few things that have maybe taken Ipswich by surprise in the, in the last day or so. I, I believe there's there's been some talk of, of clubs coming in potentially for John Nolan as well, um, which hasn't come to anything. And I don't think Ipswich want that to come, come to anything at all. But in terms of Toto, uh, two League One clubs looking at a, a player that they will have played against over the the last couple of seasons they know they know them very well. I think particularly in Doncaster's case, there's um an ongoing chain there, whereas that one of their centre backs um might possibly be heading off to Preston, um, which would leave them kind of scrambling for someone on deadline day. And maybe they've looked and seen Toto as being a player out of contract at the end of the season. Um, up in the air whether that gets renewed at Ipswich, maybe they could maybe they could get a a, a kind of a a ball winning League One centre half. If if Joe Wright does move on to go to Preston, so that that may be the reasoning for that. But but it's just interest. I'm not I'm not sure there's necessarily been any firm bids for either him or, or Nolan. Mm. They're
0: not going to let Toto go, surely, as it stands. Um, Roscoe is just sorry, Karen.
2: I can't see how they would let that happen without having an, another defender lined up. Yeah. I already think I already think they're a little bit light defensively given the schedule that's coming. They would either have to have another centre half or or a right back to come in. Because if you signed a right back, that would free up Luke Chambers to become one of the the four centre halves. Um because no one can be pinning all their hopes on Kane Vincent Young to come back after a year out and churn out the games week after week. So um I know James Wilson is kind of back training now, um, but to only have Wilson, McGinnis and Wolfenden as your three centre-halves for the rest of the season, I think would you'd be asking for trouble there.
0: Yeah, you need more. Ross has just pointed out the air of tweeted announcement imminent, so I assume that's Brett McGavin, breaking news. Um, Hutchie will no doubt go silent in a minute when that's announced as he, uh, as he taps out a story which may or may not appear on our website. Who knows? Exciting today um just just run us over the final outlink then Hutchie this morning took a lot of people by surprise Caden Jackson was linked to Huddersfield completely out of the blue um but we don't think there was ever anything in this do we
1: no which is why which is why we've not we've not done anything on it um again famous last words if I if I proved wrong I'm I humbly apologize but from everything that I've managed to check out on that it's not something that's that's likely to happen um and that's from kind of external and internal people at the club so um no Caden had the chance there was an opportunity to go to Bournemouth back in I keep saying the summer but it's actually October wasn't it around transfer deadlines but um that didn't happen it's probably a move he wanted to make um and it may be a move he still wants to make now now I don't know but as far as as far as we're aware there's there's not there's not a move for Cade and Jackson imminent today.
2: Okay, that never really seemed to stack up to me. You looked at the other st- Huddersfield; it cl- it's clear that they're after a striker, um, but the other strikers they've been linked to, and I don't know, have they signed anyone yet, Andy? F- today um, they haven't. They haven't. No, they want. They wanted Lee
1: Gregory, who has moved from Stoke to Derby, and the other one is Lucas Jukovic from from Birmingham. Um, which, so I mean very different aren't they
2: yeah that's what you know you look at those two players they're experienced physical championship strikers um I don't I'm not sure that Caden Jackson necessarily fits into that bracket so that that had alarm bells of maybe someone just kind of chucking his name in to see if that might stir up something uh on on deadline day so um yeah that was a conscious decision for us not to just kind of publish the report and then have to knock it down ourselves uh a few hours later. Mm.
0: So then, boys, that brings us to the end. As I say, it's five o'clock now. There's still a few hours left in the window, but that's our best estimation of what we think is going to happen in terms of ins and outs. So listening to this tomorrow, Tuesday, um, hopefully we've been pretty much spot on there. What can we conclude, boys, finally, from the fact that business is being done? Obviously, Paul Lambert has been under pressure. We've called for him to lose his job. And yet it's highly unusual for a manager to be allowed to do stuff make moves in transfer windows and then potentially be binned off. So can we, can we draw anything in terms of Lambert's short to medium term future from what's happening at town today? Um,
2: I wouldn't read too much and I wouldn't go as far as saying, well, he's he signed a player on deadline day. Therefore it's impossible that he gets sacked in the near future. But I'm also not saying that that's going to happen. I've had more conversations um, since the weekend with, with various people at the club and they insist that the situation is as what it was before, that Marcus Evans puts a lot of stock in players coming back from injury. Yes, they're back now, but they might need a few more games to to get fully up to speed. The likes of, of Norwood and Downs, that Harrop obviously still hasn't played for him yet. That There's now going to be Troy Parrott in the mix. Um, it's very easy for us to sit here and say, what are you doing? It's the Everyone can see how this is all unfolding. It's the most obvious decision to make. I guess from Marcus's point of view, he's probably looking at, there's a cost involved with, with sacking Paul Lambert, a hefty cost, cost. The five-year contract will have, I know has clauses in it, but it will still still involve a, a payout. You've then got to pay for, for another manager. Um, so, it's the situation is exactly what it is with with Paul Lambert, as we discussed in in the last podcast. I don't think he's, you know, he's not going to go this week. But every every bad result will will kind of make it more likely, I guess, in Marcus Evans' mind. But I don't know when that tipping point may or may not come.
0: Hmm. Actually, I've just seen the air of confirmed Brett McGavin. So you're going to tell me it's, you've already put it online? So I haven't seen your hand. I haven't seen your hands. Move
1: no, through. no, I uh i'm not uh, is it big enough is it a big you, can't, enough deal? you can't
0: you can't be bothered can you that's basically oh, where we're all,
1: I'm, all i'm saying is <laughs> is is a lone move to the scottish to se- second division hairy asses or not yeah a big enough deal to not be concentrating on
0: the podcast I on, don't, this, I, on this occasion i think you're right you know hutchie I I, I, I I like that i like that explanation that reasoning um in that case let me ask you about lambert then do you agree with, with what you saying um in terms of Lambert and his and his kind of immediate future, there's no sign, is there, that things no. are going to change as we expected, really, when we when we made that call straight away. I, imminently.
1: I, I, I can't remember after which game it it was. It may have been the week the week after the the Swindon game. It was the week before the week before they went to Burton. We did we did a story outlining that Lambert's job isn't under immediate threat for these reasons, and she's just outlined those and mm. everything. Everything we hear is is that. Is that things haven't things haven't changed? Um, mm. And with this football club, ultimately, you can't get inside Marcus Evans's head, and he's the man that makes this decision. I'm not convinced he shares his true thoughts and working with even even his closest of advisors necessarily all the time. I think his hand is very close to his chest, keeping those cards nice and tight, and uh, it's on it's on him when he on him when he plays them.
2: What I will say is, when when he does play that hand, if and when he does play that hand, uh, he'll have all his ducks in in a row. As and this is this is not this is not just Ipswich Town. This is throughout the industry that there are a little circle of whisperers that it's all done third, fourth hand of uh, your people speak to another person's people just to just to get a feel. They'll know exactly who. Is up for this job if it becomes available, and uh, you know people don't just suddenly sack someone and then and then start working out what they'll do next. Um, that's always been the way. It's been the way with previous managers. It happens at every every club.
0: Mm. There's a lot of whispering out there, isn't there? Over the weekend, I saw it was, it. was guaranteed that Nigel Pearson was coming in. Danny Cowley was was basically ready to sign. He's at the door, um, and of course, nothing has happened as yet. So we shall see. Boys, should we move on to crew? from transfer deadline day to a trip to Crew Town drew 1-1 at the weekend. On the face of it, you'd say maybe, given they fought back from 1-0 down and ended up finishing with 10 men, not a bad result, a decent result against a side recently unbeaten in 10. But as you so rightly said, Stu, in your piece, context is all in terms of Ipswich Town this season. So do you want to kick us off, Stu, with your thoughts on on the result at Crew?
2: Yeah, exactly that. I think if, if Ipswich had been going along quite nicely, this would have been seen as a as a solid away point and performance came from behind, finished the game with 10 men crew had looked pretty decent at Portman road earlier in the season, but it's how many? We keep saying it. how many times do you come away saying it was an all right performance? It was okay. It's another sort of, Oh yeah, we're really pleased with a, with a point at crew uh, again, without being disrespectful. It's just, just, just a summation of where Ipswich are at, where the standards have slipped to. Um, I had spells in the first half where I thought this this is pretty decent, where they, they had some little neat patterns of play and but as per usual, it gets to the final third and quite often breaks down. And I never really felt throughout the game that a goal was coming, that they're banging the door down. When they went behind, it was hard to see how they got back into it. They did. Um, the goal was a tackle, let's be honest. They um, go to four four two, and you think, here we go, let's see what two up top is going to be all about and Teddy gets sent off from that experiment lasted all of eight minutes. So um, as we said, right at the start, it just feeds into this inability to beat the top 10 sides, which quite frankly, that stat is, is rank bad appalling. You cannot overstate how bad that is. Four wins in 30 games, 30, four in 30, four it... in 30. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's it's absolutely horrific, isn't it? And, and not only is it horrific they're now last season and now this they're not even in that top 10 that we're talking about them the playing against they've slipped out of it now to a to 11th which feels like quite a symbolic position given that's where they ultimately ultimately finished last season after everything got readjusted um yeah it's, uh I think Stu's pretty much nailed that all the chat we need to have about this game. That's... What,
0: what was the stats you? didn't say it enough. Four, four in 30, was
2: it? Four wins in 30 against the four teams wins. that either finished top 10 last season or, or currently in the top 10. And those four wins, by the way, are against Fleetwood away, which all that hand-holding celebration at the end of the game up there seems an absolute lifetime ago now. Or was that October 2019? They followed that up with a, with a win at Gillingham. I mean, a one. Gillingham is really pushing it for a win against one of the better sides in the division, isn't it? They finished 10th above Ipswich on points per game last season. And then this season, their the best result is, has been Accrington-Stanley. Um, Accrington are a bit of a fairy tale. They're doing great this season. I'm not knocking Accrington at all. But to say that Ipswich's most standout result and win has been against Accrington-Stanley and Crewe is the other one, who they barely deserve to beat one nil at Portman Road. I mean that just sums it all up to me.
0: Yeah, I mean you stress there, Hutchy, that they're down eleventh, but this time they're there under their own steam. You know, last yeah. season was was they're actually in tenth and they dropped eleventh on points per game, but now they're there of their own volition, which is uh, yeah, which is depressing. Yeah.
1: It <clears> is, and uh, you look at the table, and you know there, there are caveats there again in that they're games in hand all over the place but if you run that table through points per game they're 10th so even that really it doesn't it doesn't change the picture it moves them back up to 10th just by running the running that whole table through the points per game module like model that ended up finishing last season so games in hand yeah can help but g- g- you have to win the games in hand. Yeah. And the,
2: the current form is, again, is, is appalling. To, you know, since since the, the Blackpool win, I think the form has, has been horrendous. It's, um, was it 11 points from the last 11 games? A point per game is, is relegation form. I think it's 20 points from the last 17. If you extrapolate that over the course of a season, that normally sees you finish somewhere between 15th to 18th. I think we worked out on the car journey home. Um, that's the sort of form they're in. And we're not talking about three, five, seven games. We're talking about the best chunk of 20 now. That's almost half a season where they've been in, in bottom half form, not even mid-table form, bottom half form. I mean, how big a sample size do you want here?
0: I think you are just been too negative, Steve. I think they're warming up. Give them time, mate. Give them time. Roscoe, there's two, there's two main talking points from this game. The, the second one is obvious and we'll come onto that in due course. The first one <laughs> requires a little bit of eating of humble pie, Roscoe, because your old friend, Miles Kenlock came into the side, replaced the aged Stephen Ward and had an absolute belter of a game. Man of the match. What have you got to say to Miles, Rossi? Uh, well played.
3: Well played, uh, Chicken run. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, yeah, he had, a, he had a decent game. But then it proved how bad we were because our left back was our man in the match. Um, you know, a fantastic block in the first half. He was, you know, making forward runs. But then there was no... Our final third play is just dreadful. And we we can't score from set pieces. Like, we had, like, four corners, didn't we, in, like, the first 10, 15 minutes. So I was thinking... Just somebody head this. Like, of course, you know, I'm used to like as a fan. I've been used to having defenders like Smith, Berra, Macaulay, Delaney, Devos back in the 2000s. But I just feel like there's. I just never feel like we're going to score. Dizel, you know. I just, I just wish he can just put in a perfect ball and someone's going to head it. You know, McGuinness, Can you count that as a goal from a set piece? I don't. You know, yes, because it was. But I don't know. It's Burton Albion bottom the league, but.
2: Uh you know, deflection.
3: Deflection and all that stuff. All that jazz, as I say. Um I just yeah, you're just right about it.
2: set pieces. If you if you're not crea- if you're not creating loads from open play, then you can at least you can kind of hide that a little bit if you can be strong from set pieces. We saw it at the World Cup with England um that set pieces can be massive. I think at this level they, they could they should be massive as well. They've got Dazelle's got technical ability judge should be able to deliver a corner they had the wind heavily at their back i don't know if the the television the, the i follow footage showed it but first half they had the wind heavily at their back and uh they just didn't take advantage of those those set pieces um so yeah that that's that's a big thing for me
0: mm. i think maybe well,
1: we have to hope that harrop could be the answer to that um, potentially um his, his uh his time is up. He's available. He could possibly be training with them tomorrow. So hopefully that could be some answer to that because he's 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 supposed
0: to have a really good delivery. Give it give it time. Actually, let's see him get on the pitch first. He, he might rupture his, his liver tying his shoelaces tomorrow, first day of training. That's the way things go at town. I think Steve Mellon, um, one of our listeners, said there was something to the effect of 110 corners. Um, since town last scored. I think that was the stat off the top of my head from a corner, which is, which is fairly depressing. Um, obviously there is one massive thing we have to talk about from the game, but let's just get over the Teddy Bishop red card as well. Was that fair? Rossi, do you think the two yellow cards for uh,
3: Teddy? I can't remember the first one. Cause I, I, I didn't <laughs> you, know he you, had it. you uh, switched first, off. <laughs> yeah. I switched off that point. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was fair. It was a bit silly for him. He should have known he was on a booking. You know, going into that sort of tackle, didn't really need to go into that, really. Um, you know, I wasn't complaining. Um, I think I was very much switched off at that point. I was just, like, frustrated as ever. I think we, it was a better performance. I I was actually excited for the first 10 minutes. I thought, wow, we're actually attacking. But then there's just, there's no fr- a threat in the box. And I just, like, get frustrated when I watch. I was like, just cross the ball and just somebody creates something. Um but yeah I think it was fair and it's not good in terms of our back to back games I've had two red cards.
0: Something kicking off in your house, Stewie. Is that yeah, is that you're our...
2: picking up on that? I don't yeah. know what's
0: going on. It sounds like sounds like she's strongly disagreeing with Ross. Sorry. Which, which <laughs> would, wouldn't be the first the first time that someone has. Boys, we can avoid it no longer. Under normal circumstances, I would have obviously started the show with this next piece of news. But the Scorer at the weekend, Driznaldo Driniesta. Aaron Drynan scored for Ipswich Town, his first ever Ipswich Town goal. Obviously, I, I told you all about him years ago. You laughed, you called me names. But who's laughing now, boys? Because Aaron Drynan was first of all, he started the season as first choice striker for town, and now he's bloody scored. He's obviously going to go on and get 20. How excited are we about this, boys? You, you, Stuart, you said all, earlier that it was it was a, basically a, a little bit patronising. If you don't mind me saying, it was a tackle goal. It was a brilliant finish, my friend. Absolutely brilliant. You don't see that from many strikers. World class, elite. The lad, he's elite. Um, Hutchy, you spoke to you spoke to Drizzy after the game. <laughs> um, uh, how was he, the boy? Because obviously, you know, he's 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 the, he's the next big thing. <laughs>
1: Your first question was how excited are we? Yeah, um I'm buzzing. He was I, buzzing I, as well. I I think you I think you're quite excited. Um yeah, he was very happy. He was he was all smiles. Um it had been coming. He'd had a few chances that he probably should have taken one at a header at Burton and then a couple of others at another header at Burton that was over the clipped off the top of the crossbar but this was a this was a magnificent finish from <laughs> from, a, from a magnificent player. Yeah. Who, who, who now has added competition for a, a place in the team? He's, different,
2: <laughs>
0: he's, di- he's absolute different class, lads. Stewie.
2: Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for Aaron because he, earlier in the season, he probably should have had a goal. I, I think the Arsenal trophy game. Did he hit the woodwork in that at, le- at once? Maybe twice. Certainly around that period, he had some some chances to score. Um, but I don't know. It goes. It goes back to that. Is is he going to be the answer to carry the kind of promotion hopes and 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 fire them up the table? I'm not sure that they had to go out and get a striker. Um, maybe maybe that will help drive them all on. Having another person in the building to uh to drive them on. But um, it, 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 we've talked about Aaron enough times, haven't we? <laughs> lots of, lots of qualities. Link up play. Physical. Don't know if he'll be the one to score the amount of goals that they need.
0: Nonsense, absolute nonsense. You know nothing, Stuart Watson. He is the saviour. Um Rossi, let's finish this show. 4-4-2. Town's oh. apparently useless when they play it, but whenever they move to it, they seem to score or make something happen. So should we should we see 4-4 two against Blackpool this weekend? Obviously, with one of those two being Drynan and a another, probably Parrot. What do you reckon? Uh
3: yes, please. Um because for me I'm not a coach. I haven't, you know, I've got my badges to fill. I've got level one and two FA badges. So, if anybody you? wants to, you know, yeah. So, there you go. Uh, but, but in terms of, yeah, you know, formation and stuff, I don't know my my stuff really. But I just feel like at the moment, this formation just not working. Um, I, I'm not in the training ground and all that. I don't know what's going on, but it's just not working. And when we go to 442, we create chances and we score a goal, um, and yeah, now we've got hopefully we've got players to fit that sort of system. But then you've got Harrop who could play a ten. Like, how do you then fit him in? It's I don't know, but I like to see four four two or something similar to that.
0: Hutchy, what are you saying?
1: Uh, it's a no to four four two for me, um, but I'm not against the two two up front. I Honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with the system that they're playing. It's how they're executing it, which clearly isn't good enough. If if you're going to go to a two up front, I think you need to find a way in in the modern game of um, preserving the three in midfield. Particularly like Ross said with Harrop, they're going to want to play Harrop.
0: Mark, you are absolutely buzzing.
1: I've had, yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't sleep very well last night, so I, I literally have had about six cups of coffee today, and I think it's all <laughs> kicking in. As, as when I started talking about drying I started thrumming, vibrating, just, whatever you want to call just, it, just
1: fueled, but fueled yeah. by by desire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you're going go to go too upfront, I'd probably, I'd probably want it to be something that would also have a a three-man midfield, which is probably a 3-5-2, isn't it? But I I absolutely can't see them doing it because they're going to want to play Harrop. They're going to want to play him as a 10. They're going to want to play Thomas Wide and they're going to want Guillaume Edwards in that team. So I can't
0: see it. Okay. Right then, boys. Transfer deadline day. Done. Tick. Draw at crew. Tick. Aaron Drynan scores a goal. Tick. What a pod we've been. But we've got some important questions left to answer, Hutchie. First of all, Is that ladder still there? Uh,
1: This is a saga. Uh, No, he came later that day, uh, took the ladder away. But at 2am the following morning, I was in my loft. (laughs) I was in my loft at 2am taping a towel to part of our roof uh, because it was dripping uh, in through the loft hatch. So he was summoned back the following day was sent up back on his ladder again and found that there was a nail in the slate that had accidentally been left there. So ah. it, it is now fixed, although I haven't been up there to remove the towel yet um, because I, I don't want to go up there again. I've been up there too much, but there's no man up there. There's no ladder there and there's no water in my
0: bedroom. So I'm winning. Everyone's a winner. Um, Stewie, next question. Did you avoid the, the pull of the dirty kebab at Crew? I saw some suggestion mm-hmm. from our photographer, Warren Page, that you enjoyed a classic fish and chips by the sea.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a story here as well. Uh, bad decisions were again made on my behalf. Um, there is a very famous fish and chip shop, small little establishment that you can actually see from our high uh, vantage point in the main stand at Um uh, So we decided that would be our little treat after the game that we'll go, we'll go down there. Um, I got lured by the big sign outside that said today's special was was chili and chips so um just stick to just stick to a battered sausage or some or some fish no that lured me in so i went for the chili and chips and got quite a big uh serving of chili con carne slapped on top of some chips a bit of cheese sprinkled on there as well um that, about that sounds, that sounds
3: appalling.
2: Home, yeah about halfway home um I did declare to Andy that if could he pick which option if if um if there were repercussions which end would, would he favor <laughs>
0: if we weren't able
2: to stop in time. Thankfully it didn't come to that. But um yeah. I did worry if they'd served me a bit of chili con COVID at one point.
0: <laughs> this I mean people think you live a, a glamorous life, and there is a peek behind the curtain. Um, you asking Hutchy which ends you'd, you'd rather, <laughs> he'd rather you evacuate from um after some after some bad chili roscoe, the other thing we have to mention is what have you discovered recently it, We know all about courgette omelets. what else have you uh, have you expanded your culinary repertoire to include <laughs> i've um had my second serving of um
3: adam Goodrum, this club chef he's oh, of course some more yeah. food yeah um i said a m c that that it's AMG because his last name's good room, so of course it's G. So it's AMG prep. So that's that's me um, saying it right this week. But uh, yeah, I've got a beef brisket, a chicken schnitzel, and a Thai fish cakes. Nice. So, yeah, so you're, not, you're not
0: do- you're not doing any cooking at the moment. You just you're just buying it in.
1: No,
3: no, I'm, you know, because i'm having because I, I get three meals and sasha gets the other two she she takes it yeah. to work and then when she she has to stay over with her work so when she's doing that i then eat that so i'm terrible at cooking i can only do my courgette omelets and stuff that's what that's pretty much my if you come round, that's probably what you're going to get normal
0: little son nice are you are you shredded now you cut to the bone now you're eating like an athlete i assume you've got an eight yeah. pack yeah you look yeah, you look course. it you look like you're, you're buzzing. Boys, um, we've covered quite a lot of ground there today. It's been uh, a little bit shorter than normal and a bit, little bit later um, for reasons as discussed, deadline day, et cetera. Any other business, boys? Anything else to mention? Hutchie?
1: Um, just to round off the discussion, I opted for Stu to do his ablutions from the bottom end rather than the, <laughs> <laughs> rather, rather than the top. That's, to... a con- that's a
0: controversial option i've got Uh, well it's just
1: he keeps it he keeps it more to himself if he does it (laughs) whereas from from the top it's going to leave me having to clean clean the car isn't it so i love the thought process
0: i I also love the term he keeps it to himself he does a a little
2: bit a little bit
0: i've never heard such a such a cute reference for shitting yourself keep it to yourself (laughs) (laughs) stewie any other business oh no other business no rossi any other business i'm oh, all good i think that's the best way to, to finish what a way to finish the show um i have to obviously say please do leave us a five-star review on itunes it helps us greatly visibility in the charts with a few more new ones this week which is great follow us across all our social medias on instagram youtube facebook twitter tiktok whatever We're not on tiktok <laughs> yet um that's on, that's a lie don't follow us on tiktok uh and also um Spread the message. We've had a lot of new listeners recently off the back of last week's show talking about Lambert and the, and the front page. And then again, after what happened on Tuesday night with Sunderland. Um, so yeah, spread the message. Let's get more on board the carry army. We've got a lot already, but Hey, there's always room for some more. So spread the message, get your friends involved. Always great to have new people along. So we've covered their transfer deadline day, boys. We've covered the draw at crew and we've also cu- covered Aaron Drynan getting off the mark. The, he has broken the seal on his way to 25 goals this season, have an excellent start to the week, friends, and we'll speak to you again later this week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com/channel/archon.